Welcome to Elegant the Podcast. As always, I am your host, Abdullah, and today I'm joined with... Introduce yourself, good sir. My name is Brent Mukai. What's up, good people? You put a good pause in there, and I didn't take the... I didn't take the improvisation route, which would have been for me to just bust out and say, Brent Mukai. So sorry about that, but uh, we rectified it. We're all good. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I need a name and an occupation. Go. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay. I am a voice actor uh, full-time. I do mostly video games, uh, anime, a little bit of animation. I do a good amount of commercials and e-learning and all of that stuff, but uh, I, I doubt that you're you're here to listen to me talk about, uh, I don't know, <laughs> an instructional video about how to work your DVD players. So They still make DVD players? I don't know. That was just the first thing. That's like I'm a boomer, dude. Like, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. DVD players. That That's a thing I haven't heard of in quite a while. <laughs> I know Netflix took over the game. Now, RIP um, DVDs. No, I remember. Um, God, nothing will ever beat going to to um, electronic stores and finding all the all the movies and just going by the DVD covers and thinking, "Oh, this looks interesting," and yes. you know, watching it and then realizing <laughs> this is terrible. Why did I waste five bucks on this? Sometimes you make a huge mistake, but sometimes you find some go. I remember I I didn't know what Kung Pao was, um, and I just bought it because I was like, "This looks funny," and I loved it. Like my twelve, thirteen year old brain exploded at the hilarity of Kung Pao. So <laughs> sometimes you find a gem. No, I kind of miss those days because I remember back when you know in the two thousands, which honestly doesn't seem that long ago, but actually is a very right. long time ago. But when I was a teenager, my cousins and I would always like get together and have like movie night, and we would watch stuff like Kung Pao, the Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force movie, just like any random shit we could find, and we would just watch that and. I, I kind of miss those days, to be quite honest. Me too. There's something about the limitation of it that makes it special, right? Like, now it's like, oh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. We have only, like, 10,000 choices on any given platform. So let's just scroll, I guess. <laughs> now, do you feel like we're we're getting at that – we're getting to a point where we're oversaturated with content? Yes and no. I'll say – I'll say that the 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 best stuff will always find a way to rise to the top, right? The Squid Games, the White Lotuses. I I, I think that I think that people will talk. I think that that always happens, um, and you just don't know what that will be. I just think that it's awesome that there's so much content being put out there. Um, I guess the only time I feel overwhelmed is when everybody's saying like different things. It's like, Oh, and have you seen this? And have you seen this? And have you seen this? And it's like, nah, I only got a limited amount of time, dude. I don't have time for all of those, but I'll, I try my best to watch like the, the hugely popular things. Cause you know, the cream always rises to the top. Um, I don't know that there's a true oversaturation cause something, something's always going to vibe with somebody, you know? I guess, but I just feel like we're at that point where it seems like there's a new show dropping every week, and I just have trouble keeping up with all of it, and Mm -hmm. I see people talking about it. It's like, hey, have you watched this? Have you watched that? And I'm like, no, because I don't 
have time <laughs> to watch everything. <laughs> I think that it's I th- but I, but 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 to that point, what I'll say is like I think that there's just a shift of culture, right? And when you and I grew up, um, I'm assuming we're, we might be around the same age, but uh, w- just by how you were describing things. But when you and I grew up, like there was like the hit show, there was like the hit thing, there was like. You know, there was like the Pokemon and everybody watched Pokemon and went back to school the next day. And then everybody watched Dragon Ball Z a few years before that or after or whenever. Now it's not like that. Now it's like, I think that as a culture, we just have to be okay with like, have you seen this? Nah, I haven't. I'm probably not gonna, to be honest. And then moving on with our day, you know, like with the, with the amount of options we have, it just becomes too hard to keep up with it all. And uh, I've just become very at peace with saying, nope, I haven't seen it. I'm probably not going to watch that. (laughs) I don't care enough about that. There's a lot of other niche things that I do care about that I really love, you know? But but the thing with me is that whenever I get into something, almost nobody seems to be into that thing. And it just kind of becomes frustrating where it's like, I really like this thing and I really want to talk about it. But I don't have anyone to talk about it with because no one. That is frustrating. No I guess that's what Reddit it. is for, right? <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Reddit. <laughs> and I oh. never use Reddit. But like, I like for instance, I don't know if you watched Midnight Mass. Came out last month by the same guy who did Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. I freaking loved it. I wanted to talk to everybody about it. Nobody freaking saw Midnight Mass. So I get your pain. But if I really wanted to reach out, I could go on Facebook and be like, who's seen Midnight Mass? This was fantastic. And then, you know, have a conversation there. It's just it, the world's changed, man. I think that's it. It's just like adapting to to, to Earth 3.0. No, it, it is just, I don't know. Like, I'm at that point in my life where the older I get, the less I understand things and... I mean, I'm fine with it, but at the same time, it's like, it, it, you know, is everything moving too fast for me? You know, wh- when when is the point where I I wake up and say, uh, you know, I'm out of I'm out of it, really, you know? <laughs> but I think that that's a good place to be is like realizing like there's a lot of stuff I don't know, and then being able to realize okay, I so then I can focus on the things that I do want to know, you know, like I can focus on these things i'd rather have this world than be born in like you know 1942 and then living in my one place taking a few trips a year but only knowing that little thing and then being so certain like oh yeah i know how the world works i know how everything is i but really you only understand that small portion of it right whereas now it's like we're inundated with all this stuff i think it's humbling and I think that it, I, I'd rather be here than being like, yep, I grew up in this small town and I'm just going to live in this small town or even this big city and just be happy with what, what this big city, like things were simpler, but I don't, I, I prefer, I prefer things be complicated and, and fun and like vast than, than being like, yep, I, I think I got it all figured out here. Like that to me is boring. That's a boring life to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I honestly like complexity because I'm I'm the type of person who whenever I'm into a show or a movie or whatever, I still think about think about it for days and yes. I look up any content I can about 
about this particular show or what have you because I want I want more of it. I'm like, you know, I know it's been only a week and since like one episode aired, but I'm like, I'm waiting for the next episode and I need to keep myself uh, entertained with that. I get it. And, you know, like the, now we have like the option to do so, you know, like it's like, oh, yeah, there's like all of this richness. And I don't know, like the the fact that there is so much being put out there means that there can be more chances taken on some very niche and very like, you know, I don't think a Rick and Morty makes it to television in 2000, you know, in the early 2000s. I don't think anything like that happens. But like now it's like we're willing to take the big companies are willing to take so many more chances because they realize like, OK, yeah, we just produce a season and then we're, we're going to have a new thing. And, you know, one of these things can hit and then you can have those big hits. But. Does that also mean that there's like this weird existential thing where it's like, oh my god, like I, there's so many things and I'm never going to get through all. If I started only watching media 24 hours a day from now to the end of my life, I'm probably not going to be able to watch every single thing ever. Whereas in like in 19, you know, 50, that that would have taken you like three weeks, <laughs> you know. So. Uh, nah. I don't know the answer. I just roll with the punches and make the positive, try to look at it positively. I think that's all I'm doing here. I mention it because, like, over the years, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, the landscape of voiceover has changed drastically from, you know, five years ago or ten years ago. And, you know, you're mm -hmm. starting to see a lot of new faces pop up. I mean, and bro, I like even that. like a year and a half ago, like shit was way different. Am I allowed to swear? I just said shit, dude. I mean, you're allowed to swear. Okay. <laughs> well, then fuck it. That shit was different like a year and a half, like with technology and everything. And obviously a pandemic, you know, everything kind of shifted. But yes, to your point, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20, like those are all like different eras almost, you know? Yeah. Um. It It just seems weird to me that there was an era where you could not play a video game without hearing Steve Bloom, Nolan North, or Troy Baker. And now that's so fucking rare to hear any of those guys in lead roles anymore because they're slowly being phased out for newer talent. <laughs> I don't know if it's that even. I just think that there's so many things now that you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Maybe I missed the big game with, with Nolan North, or I missed the big game with Steve Bloom. Or maybe I'm not looking at it. You know, I haven't checked IMDb lately, so maybe they are getting phased out a little bit, which would be sad to me, because those are, like, heroes, like, to me. Those guys are... They defined a generation of voiceover, you know? No, but there was that period in time where we would joke about Nolan North being in everything from, like, 2008 to 2000, I think, 12 or so where he was in, he was just in every video game and it became a meme and and everyone was like why is he in everything <laughs> cuz he's talented <laughs> that's why he's in he's everything too damn good dude yeah but but i mean do you find it you know getting into voiceover the, at the time you did do you find it e easier or harder than it was back then <laughs> um way easier in uh, and I'll, and I'll preface it by saying this. I got into this about four years ago. I celebrate my four-year anniversary this month of being full-time at this. Um, 
And if you look at my credits, I wasn't doing a whole lot of like video games or anime or any of that stuff up front. I was doing commercial work. I was doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, e-learning and, and explainer videos, and na- corporate narrations and things like that. Um, and that world to sustain yourself full time is so much more accessible now than it was even 10 to 15 years ago, because now you know, the technology's gotten so good. The ways to connect with clients has gotten so good. Um, the information is out there. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I don't think I would have been full-time at this as quickly as I did become full-time at it. And also, like, I don't know. Every Everything just kind of uh, uh, shifted also when when covid hit and so then i was given opportunities finally that i had been training for and working towards um and i got a chance to to be in front of people in hollywood la new york toronto wherever that i never got opportunity texas you know that i never got opportunities to be in front of other than i had to take a flight out and take some class and just hope that it would you know uh, during quarantine, I, I was able to take so many freaking classes, meet so many freaking people, not just instructors, but fellow classmates that uh, to me, like, you know, that's way easier than me taking an eight week course and flying out to Dallas all eight of those weeks, you know, um, and I guess in the entirety and the meta of it all. Sure, there is there is something to be said about the competition and there's so many more people in it now. But like we said earlier, there's so many freaking things coming out <laughs> like every other week that the, there there's an abundance also. We're we're living through like a, you know, like a silver age, a bronze age or whatever age you want to call it of of voiceover, a renaissance, a true renaissance of voiceover. So how it how it pans out in the next few years i'm interested to see but uh, i owe everything to the time period that i've been in like because truthfully none of this would have happened as quickly for me had had it not been the year 2020 2021 and i think it helps i mean you bring up a good point in that you know five ten years ago hell two years ago it would have been impossible for someone outside of Texas to show up in a, in a Funimation dub. But now we're seeing so many people from New York, L.A. in Funimation dubs because, you know, um, home recording is, is a thing now. And they I think people figured out, hey, maybe you don't have to be in person to do these things. Yes. Um, I mean, that's that's just it. Yes, 100%. So it allows the the it allows people who are really truly skilled and great at at whatever it is to rise to the top because if if you're undeniably good, which is a quote I use all the time from Steve Martin, if you're undeniably good, you know you're so good that they can't deny you and and great things start to happen once you reach that point. Yeah, um, a lot of people are giving are being given these opportunities, and I think it's great because, you know, one, it, it you know more diverse diversity is a great thing, and two, 
I was getting tired of hearing like the same three or four voices in in everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of being those people at the top, that's probably been a hit. That's probably been a hit in their careers. But as far as the people that are on the come up, like now was the best time to get into it. Yeah, because there are so many classes and so many resources and home recording is a thing now and more studios are open to home re- home recording, you know, thanks to the pandemic. So it's not mm-hmm. scary anymore. You know, taking that leap of faith is much easier now than it was, you know, back in 2007 or what what have you. Yes, 100%. And um you know, you you've done anime and I'm I have to ask this, how was your experience with the dubbing process? Um, in what regard? Like, because uh, some people find it easy. Some people find it hard. Like, how did you find it, you know, getting into it? Um, I took a private lesson with uh, a guy named Michael Orenstein, who's a phenomenal teacher, great guy, great coach. Um, I went to his house. This was pre-pandemic. And... I was like, I want to learn about dubbing and how to do dubbing. So he had set it all up to be like, okay, this is how the dubbing stuff all works. Um, with the beeps and everything. And I did it. And I was like, this broke my brain. I don't know how to do this. This is, this seems like an impossible task. Uh, and he laughed and he was like, you get used to it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I knew that I wanted to do anime. I knew I wanted to get into the dubbing world. So then I went home and I started making my own dubs um, uh, with a program called DaVinci Resolve and editing and just, you know, learning some of the ropes of that. I I come from a film degree, so I I knew some editing. But, uh, yeah, I, I just needed to tweak a few things about learning how to make my own dubs and made my own dubs and just was teaching myself how to match the lip flaps, how to be aware of the lip flaps. And I was just improvising. So I was, I, I was trying my best to, you know, I didn't want to write it out and like make it ho- this whole thing. So I was just practicing and I just practiced and practiced and practiced. I put out those fan dubs, I guess you could call them comedy, you know, parody dubs on, on social media platforms and actually got like kind of a following on TikTok before TikTok even blew up. And, uh, uh, but that was all practice in my brain. I was like, I'm going to do this until I'm freaking good at dubbing. Cause I really want to do dubbing. So then by the time I stepped into the first studio, um, the first class that I took at bang zoom, you know, um, I was untouchable. Like people who were in there were in there for the first time, trying it for the first time. And they, their brains got broken in the same way that mine had six months prior, but I trained the fuck up. And I, I, I was like, I want to be good by the time I step in front of the person who can potentially give me jobs and work. So yeah, I, I, it was difficult. It's very difficult. My, it's, it's not, you know, easy by any stretch of the imagination in, in my opinion, at least from my perspective, but um, I got the hang of it and I, I, it came through experience and work. And um, do you find it weird listening to yourself in in anime, or are you are you not weirded out by it? Oh, I love it. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I freaking love it. Like, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I can't hear my own voice. It's so cringy." I'm like, dude, this is my fucking dream. 
I've been dreaming of this shit, you know, since I was a kid. I was dreaming. I was do I was making pretend like I was in Dragon Ball Z as a child. Now I get to hear myself and see it coming from the picture and everything. Like this is awesome. This is wild. I can't believe I get to live this life. So yeah, I love the hell out of watching it. It makes me smile every time like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, because a lot of people I talk to say they just can't stand listening to them to their own voice and they have to rely on fans to tell them how they how good they were. That's funny. I used to I used to feel bad for loving to watch myself on camera or like hearing myself and doing all that stuff. Um I used to feel bad like oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm like cocky and just like maybe I'm just like an asshole or something. Maybe I'm just like this vain egotistical asshole. And that's that's still on the table. Uh, let me say that. But um, I heard this great quote from Sam Jackson, and he said, do I like watching myself in movies? Hell yeah, I like watching myself in movies. If you don't like watching yourself, why the fuck do you think anyone else is going to like it? If you don't even like it. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. You are not the first person I've had on this podcast who has mentioned that Sam Jackson quote. <laughs> it's, it's a great quote. Because, that, because again, I've learned out of doing like ex- – the amount of episodes I've done, whenever I ask someone, does it feel weird? Does it feel weird hearing your own voice? They either say yes or no, and there are more no's than yeses. But when someone says yes, there is a there is a probably a good reason behind it, and I and I like that Sam Jackson quote because it's it's fucking true. Like if you can't stand being in movies or television or what have you, then why are you doing it really? <laughs> Yeah, well, to me, it's like it's like you should be proud and love your your what you've done. Like, how hard was it to get to the point where you get to go and fucking do that thing? You know, like that's hard on any level in any medium. So you might as well be proud of it. Do I look back at like old films that I've done and it's like that's really cringy? Sure. Sure, because it's like, ah, it was so awful back then. But at the same time, it's like, but I was there and I was doing the work and it's a part of the process. And the only reason I'm as good as I am right now is because of how shitty I was back then. So to me, I don't know. It's it's a radically zen approach. I'm all about radical zen, I guess. (laughs) Radical zen. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a great name for a band, radical zen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Radical Zen. Yeah! Um, uh, and out of all the roles, you, out of all the stuff you've done, which one would you say was the hardest role? <laughs> the hardest role that I've done hasn't been hard because of the skill, but it's hard because of the circumstances. I took over the reins of uh, uh, the the One Piece character Scratchman Apu from a phenomenally talented voice actor named Brad Venable, who I'm sure his name has come up in the podcast before, but um, uh, he passed away in early January of this year. And uh, the community was hit so hard. He was such a light and a pillar of the voiceover community. Like if you were a fan you might not have known of him because he wasn't like you know he, he he wasn't the biggest celebrity of voiceover but within the voiceover community 
he i mean just just top tier like top on another level top tier in terms of human as a human and as a voice actor um um just nobody had a bad thing to say about brad venable absolutely nobody within the community and uh to take over a role where it's already like this is this is a sad there's a sad gravity because somebody passed away and now i have to take on that role but for it to be um um you know i don't want to say in the shadow of 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 such a, a, a humongously talented figure but it, it sort of felt that way like it, there were there there were several gravities that I had to, you know, work through in that hyperbolic time chamber. Um, so, yeah, like that, that for me was the hardest role I ever had to do because I wanted to, and it's not even like I said that much. It, it was just small parts, but at, at every step of the way, I know that I'm not just trying to voice match somebody casually because they got kicked off of a project or anything, which is already kind of hard because it's like you want to, match you know and and be a good fit for this for fans of the character and fans of the franchise um but i'm also trying to match just metaphorically and spiritually this incredible superhuman figure so <clears throat> you know the reception seems to have been great i put out a post and it was overwhelmingly positive in response to the post uh, which I'm super grateful if anybody here liked or tweeted back at me or commented or whatever, retweeted the post, then you have my sincere gratitude and thank you. But um, yeah, man, that, that, that was difficult. That was challenging. Um, that was the hardest one to get through without shit in my pants. No, I can imagine. Cause I mentioned this before, but um, you know, when, when he passed away, I, that was a big loss because he was one of the most talented individuals working and his career had was just taking off and it was kind of sad that um it was cut short yeah i have no i have zero like doubt in my mind that that you know within the next 10 years he would have become on like the bob bergen you know like like charlie adler status like he was that fucking good it's 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 especially surreal going back and listening to his work on paladins and you know being reminded that he's no longer there to do to do new voice lines and um that sucks yeah it really sucks it's a big bummer but that's that's a harsh reality of voiceover is that sometimes an actor will pass away and someone else is going to be called in to replace them and that's going to be hard on everybody because you're going to live up to the, to that person's expectations one way or another. And exactly. And you and want to hard. do your best to do right by everyone involved, which is impossible. But your 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 job at that point is like I want to do right not only by the fandom, which is already a herculean task, but I want to do right by, you know, the spirit of of a friend. So yeah um and uh, but um 
yeah, I I would imagine that that would have been very difficult and uh, fuck man, I I don't know what to say because you know, <laughs> just being being in that situation must have really sucked. It's really sucked. You know, and 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 I don't want it to. I don't want to get it twisted either. It's not like it sucked. It sucked under the circumstances of which we had to do the whole thing. That fucking sucked nuts. Like to to be there and be like, ah, oh, this we have to do this. That fucking sucked. But to do it, to go through it, and and to have all that, like it 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 was. It's an incredible feeling because it feels like I get to, like this is my way of of paying homage. Uh, to somebody who I greatly respected. So in that in that as- aspect of it, it, it was incredibly, um, it was just an incredible opportunity. And um, you also made your, I, I don't want to say debut because I'm pretty sure you've done other other anime movies, but you know you were in the new um, My Hero Academia movie. How did that come about? Um, in a crazy, crazy fashion, I got the audition for My Hero Season 5, um, and threw in my auditions, uh, (laughs) I think I was even a little bit late to audition for it, but, um, because there wasn't, like, a concrete date, but I I took my time with it, because I was like, I really want to be in My Hero. I love My Hero Academia. I've been watching it since day one, since before I even stepped foot in a recording studio or did any voice acting of any type. I want to be in this fucking show. So I sent in my audition. I I, I played around with it a bunch and uh, several auditions um, and didn't get any of the roles I auditioned for, but got a, got a, got a small role on, on one of the episodes. <clears throat> it was like an episode leading up to the movie, funny enough. So it was like a filler episode, um, and I was like a thug type character in it, um, and I was like, "That's so funny!" Like I'm, I'm, I'm in like I'm how in like the most inconsequential character of all time, which is just some thug, but on top of that, in like a filler episode. So like it, that all happened, and I was very grateful, and I was super excited, and I, 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 yeah, I was over the moon to just be in My Hero Academia, to be honest. Um, Colleen Clinkenbeard, the director, said, wow, you got a great quality to your voice. It's very different. Like, and you got a great, like, acting style. Like, you, 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 you're, you're not taking it over the top. And, and I mean, to be honest, like, the guy was just sitting there talking. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and talk like a, like a dude, like some dude. And, uh, she, she really vibed with that, really loved that. Um, I didn't even audition for the movie. She just remembered me from that session um, and cast me and uh, auto casted me. And I, <laughs> when I got the email, like, yo, uh, what's your schedule like for this day for the My Hero Academia movie? I, I like that was like a heart stopping moment because it came out of nowhere. I didn't audition for it and it, it just happened. Um, so it was magical. It was wonderful. Um, you know, Colleen's a joy to work with and, and so nice and so kind and so great at direction. Um, the the moment that it really, like, but it, again, you know, it was just a job at that point. I was like, okay, this is a job. I can't wait to see when this comes out. The It was sitting in the theater of the premiere uh, just a few weeks ago that, that it really just hit me. And I, I shed tears in that theater because it was like, 
seeing myself up on the big screen, having these these special stuff, walking the red carpet, doing all of that, um, and being a part of getting to be a part of it on screen in a franchise that I genuinely love and adore and have since the very beginning. Like talk about dream come true moments, you know, like that was it for me. The high of that still hasn't worn off. Like I am still in awe and in shock that that happened. And um, just how lucky I am. I'm a fucking lucky guy. Like I, I, I can't, like, I work hard, sure, but I also have gotten very, very fortunate in my career. And that's another thing people tend to forget is that if you make a good impression on someone, they're going to remember you and they're going to call you back for something big. Someone is always listening. Someone is always listening. If you're listening to this and you're a voice actor and you're like, how can I, how do I achieve my dreams you give a hundred percent to every audition. You do the best fucking job that you can on every audition and you do your best fucking job to get better so that you can better do those auditions. Right. And, and I think it was Philip Seymour Hoffman. I just watched this video and he was talking about, he said that one of the best pieces of advice he got was, I don't care if you get in an audition for uh, uh, something you don't feel like you're right for, or, Maybe you're just not feeling the script or maybe it's not your sensibility. You go to that audition and you perform the fuck out of it. And he said, if you give your all and leave it all on that, you know, cutting room floor, wherever you are, that audition space, nobody in that room will ever forget it. And I was like, wow, that's a hundred percent true. So you're as hard as it is, you're, you want to give, your 100% whenever whenever possible. I'm never on my phone in the middle of, you know, sessions or doing any anything else. I'm always 100% focused in cuz I just want to do the best work that I can working with the people around me in that session. Um because I think it always it always it always comes through and it always shines through when you're when you're giving your absolute best so uh yeah that's what i'll say about that there are no small parts you know thug number two in a filler episode maybe not maybe not you know uh, an art print that i'm gonna go sign at conventions but it got me the my hero academia movie so no small roles no small roles. And have you ever gotten the chance to do ensemble recording or is it just, you know, you in, in the booth? Once. So only once. And it was for a, a prelay Western animation uh, for the Casa Grandes on Nickelodeon. And uh, it was only semi. So it was during COVID. I wasn't in studio. We were all on the line over Zoom and stuff. Um, so it was me and I think two or three other actors that were that were playing off of each other. And that was the Warriors episode, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. First episode of season three. See, see, I, I'm an expert. I know this. <laughs> yeah, you do your stuff. You do your. <laughs> now that that's another show. That's another really good show, and you know. 
I <laughs> I kind of forgot you were in it, to be quite honest, because I'm like, wait a minute, didn't didn't I know this guy from somewhere? Oh yeah, he was. He was <laughs> in that. <laughs> yes, that was me. That's the big guy that screamed a lot. Which is <laughs> I love I love those guys. It was a very funny play. Have you have you ever gotten the chance to do Dragon Ball screaming yet? Not yet. It's on the list. It's on the list of shit I want to do. It's just I don't even know if there's a Dragon Ball series out right now in English that's like getting dubbed and everything. I don't think there is. So the second that a Dragon Ball thing pops up, man oh man, am I gonna be am I gonna be doing my best on those auditions? No, how do you feel about efforts? Um <laughs> I efforts are uh honestly a big reason of why people are are liking me so much I think cuz I'm just skilled at them I I learned a lot and trained a lot at them but I'm I I have a voice like a tank so like a lot of times during efforts people are like are you okay do you need water and I'm like no I'm I'm great like we can keep rolling I'm this is nothing to me <laughs> like and I don't know. It's funny to see people like directors and stuff who've worked with a whole bunch of different kinds of people being like, okay, we just want to make sure you're okay. And usually like every time, whenever they ask me that I'm always like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. We can, we can just keep rolling through the next hour. Like <laughs> I, I'm totally fine. Some people don't believe me and they're like, are you sure you're not being nice? I'm never, I, and let me say this on the record. Like I am never shy about asking for a break. If I need one, I just don't think I've ever needed one. Cause I just, my, my X-Men mutant ability somehow is just being able to scream and punch people and die and take hits and, and be able to roll into a new session literally right after and just keep going i don't know what it is but but biologically i i i have a predisposition i have i have a lot of things to offer in in the way of efforts in video games and anime and maybe that's why i'm i'm thriving so much in it is because it just comes very naturally to me for whatever reason <laughs> i was i was about to ask now um how long is the average session for you? If if efforts aren't that big of a deal for you, I, I would imagine the average session isn't that long for you. Video games, I don't know, uh, two to four hours is what they book me for. But to be honest, like I typically, unless we have like a bunch of overflow and we know we're going to be, you know, going into this session with extra sessions later on, like I typically end pretty early. Um, so, you know, it, that also is probably very helpful is that I can get the job done quickly. But there have been a lot of times where people are like, I can't believe how quickly we did all this. Um, and <laughs> that's sometimes to my detriment because like there are, there have been times where people are like, yeah, this will probably take like uh two sessions minimum. Um, so what's your schedule looking like for the next week after? <clears throat> and then, I do it in one session so I don't get paid as much <laughs> as if I had needed both sessions. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that I get, that's the punishment for being good. 
is like, <laughs> it's like sometimes you get you get half as much of the pay, but um, I think ultimately I'm fine. I I I I don't have it in me, integrity wise, morality wise, to try to slow down a session just so I can get an extra you know session out of it. I. I just always am trying my best to do my best work because I know that the, that these people that I'm working with, if I can make their job easier, that makes that makes that incentivizes them to say I want to work with this guy because he makes it real fucking easy. He finishes quick, like he's good at what he does. So I think I'm playing the long game on that. You know, I lose out on a thousand dollars this week, but. You know, I become an asset for you for a lifetime is the hope. Well, yeah, because they want they need like video games in general need someone who can do efforts and dying sounds and grunts and all that, you know, in a, in a relatively short amount of time, because the turnaround date for video games nowadays is getting, you know, faster and faster. And, you know, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, but yeah. So, <laughs> but I have for sure missed out on at least a few grand doing that. <laughs> but all part of the biz, you know, all part of all part of the philosophy of I I always am just looking to do my best work and my best job at all times. But um someone actually said, you know, on the <clears throat> podcast is that, you know, we're here to have fun. And if you worry mm-hmm. too much about how much you're getting paid, you're going to start to worry about it. And you're, you know, he said, like, I don't look at the checks until I'm done, you know, with the session. And then I can worry about that because I don't want to be I don't want to think too much about how much I'm making when I'm in there, because that's all I'm going to be thinking about. Yeah, I'd say that's parallel thinking to what I'm talking about. I just, I don't. Like for me, like I don't, I don't even think about them. I was about to say I don't even care about the money, and that's sort of true. Like, I'm not some secret millionaire or anything, but it's like I, the second that I get a chance to play, like, I, that's the real joy to me. Like the money part, I know will come in, and I trust in the universe and all that stuff. You know, maybe I'm getting a little too new agey secret on you all maybe this is too much radical zen for you but uh i just when i'm in there all i care about is like let's play let's have fun let's do the thing money isn't even a part of it because at that point you know i already got the job i already booked the thing i'm gonna get i'm gonna get paid so let let's party and speaking of video games you were in the new ratchet and clank how did that come about so I got my agent, my LA agent, Dean Panero, in July of 2020 after taking a class with him that I wasn't supposed to be on, that I was just, uh, I barely squeaked in on the wait list. Um, I, he was an agent I had wanted for forever. <clears throat> um, I had tried reaching out. I'd, I'd sent my stuff in. I'd had... Uh, uh, one of the top performers at that agency walk in my stuff. Unfortunately, he walked it in a week before pandemic hit. So there were bigger issues to think about than that. Um, Finally, I got my chance and my shot to get in front of him in July. I woke up too late. It was already sold out. 
the class and I was like, oh my God, I was beating myself up. And I was like, let me get on the wait list. And let's just see. So I did that like two days before I got the news that I was uh, going to get into the class. I was so happy. I did the class. He signed me on the spot. And I was like, cool. He started sending me things in, <clears throat> um, just sending me auditions in. And I was like, sweet. Now I get to do all of the stuff that I've trained for and worked hard for to do in these auditions. So let me play. And I was, you know, everybody says like when you get your agent, you know, it could take, it could take a while before you get your first job. You know, it could take a year. It could take a little longer sometimes than that even, but you got to have faith and you got to keep the faith alive. So in my brain, I was like, yeah, if I don't book something for a year or whatever, I totally get that. I'm totally fine. Like, I'm not going to freak out about it. Stressing about it is only going to make the auditions bad. So, yeah, I'm 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 giving myself all the time in the world here. Um, a week in, I, I get Ratchet and Clank as an audition. And then I found out like the week after I booked it and I was driving in uh, to L.A. to go record it and all of that. And um, yeah, that was it's sort of an unbelievable story. But I booked that a week in of having my agent. Um, and that sort of just, just snowballed into all the rest of everything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> And what was the recording process for that like? It was, uh, I mean, it was incredible. It was to play game. I was nervous as hell. I think the first time that I went in, I was tired. I was tired because I drove in from Vegas to get there, but I didn't want to drive in the night before because this was like this was still pretty peak COVID-ish times, right? Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to book a hotel and stay overnight. So I drove in the session was at nine. I drove in, uh, I believe I left my house at like three 30 or four in the morning and then, uh, got there, did the two hour session. And then afterwards the combination of me being tired and the combination of, of my first triple a game and not knowing, you know, how it all works and all that. Cause the, we went deep, we went real deep into it, you know, like, several retakes of the lines which now i know in triple a games that's not like that's not uncommon you know that's not anything new like we're gonna take this again try it with this and oh we're gonna take it a third or fourth time like that's just common because the directors it's it's a bigger it's a bigger ball game in the majors so you know the things they're going to be focusing on are a lot more minute and to me in the moment i was freaking out silently and it was just a combination of my own, you know, anxiety and, and what is it called? Uh, uh, I, 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 oh God, I can't, I can't think of the name of it. When you think that you're like, uh, an imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, um, all of it, I drove back and I was like, oh God, I, I, I think I might get replaced. Like, and that was all me. It was all me. It was nothing to do with them. They were kind. They were sweet. They were amazing. Um, and, and, and that, uh, uh, also the, like it took months before I got called in again. I was like, oh, I guess I lost out on that opportunity. Like that would have been nice, but it wasn't, I was just being stupid. I was just being self-conscious and dumb and like, I, and 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 inexperience at, at AAA games and that whole process. So yeah, it, it the process itself was absolutely amazing. When I found out that I didn't lose the job, I was ecstatic and I was like, oh my 
God, yes. And everything from there was gravy because then I was like, okay, I've done this once before. I see how everything works. Like, this is fun. This is cool. I get to be here. And it freed me up a lot, and I think it made me better in the room because of it. But, um, yeah, the combination of being real tired and, uh, uh, you know, just driving in and, and all of that, like, it, it, it was it was an emotional experience for me after the job was done. Um, but by the time the second booking came around, I was like, oh, yes. So and then and then we ended up doing uh, a few more sessions over the course of uh, probably the next six to 12 months. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. The work was incredible. Like the 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 game itself, I'm still I still haven't played because I'm planning on streaming it. Um, and I'm just getting my streaming set up and everything together for for the PS5 and everything. But yeah, it, it, it was amazing. It, it was incredible. Um, in the moment, I was freaking out, but <laughs> got over that, got over it. And um, are there any franchises you would like to be a part of? Man, I don't know a franchise that I wouldn't like to be a part of, but I mean, some of the ones that I, I just love are like DC Comics. Like, I'd love to be a superhero in DC Comics. That would be a dream come true because I grew up on the Batman, the animated series, Superman, Justice League, you know, then the straight-to-DVD movies, Death of Superman and Wonder Woman and all of it. Like, I love DC and Warner Brothers so freaking much, you know, Teen Titans and... So I'd love I'd love to be like a lead role in one of those types of things. Like that would be fun. I always have said like my dream role would be Superman, even though I don't think there's any world where my voice is the voice of Superman. Um, I just don't think I, I fit the archetype unless Superman suddenly becomes like uh, uh, a little more rough around the edges. But uh, that would be like a dream role. And uh, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Dragon Ball Z. You know, um, uh, being in Pokemon, you know, all of the franchises that I grew up with and love and adore and hold a special place in my heart, um, like One Piece, that was that for me. You know, if Naruto comes out, if when Bleach comes out, I want to be in Bleach so fucking bad because I watched that through my college years. And it ended shortly after I was out of college, and it just holds a special place in my heart, you know? Um, and then all the cool shit that's coming, there's just so much cool shit coming out. Jujutsu Kaisen, like all the all that new stuff. I'd love to be a hero in My Hero Academia, you know? Like, like man, I, I'm just passionate about the shit, man. I'm passionate about video games and anime and animation and because of that like i just like it makes me smile to think that i could be in anything so as far as dream franchises go i got a ton on that list man like i could we could sit here and chat about cartoons we grew up with and all that stuff for you know years <laughs> i mean yeah because god i'm just like thinking about all the shows I've watched as a kid now and the shows I'm currently watching and just everything in general now. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like that, like that's my dream. The, all of that that you just put into context, that's my dream. So all of the things. 
No, thank you so much for just not saying like one specific franchise and that's it. I'm like, surely, surely there'd be more. Like, just don't say one thing. I really hate when I ask that question <laughs> and someone's like, I, oh, Star Wars. Okay, what man, is it I'm about Star huge, Wars? <laughs> about I'm it? just a huge nerd, man. Like, like, I'm not even that much of like a Star Trek guy. But if I got into Star Trek, I'd be losing my shit because it's such a cool franchise. And to be able to play in that world, oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here, man. Ugh, you know? Ugh. Now, when they were started to announce that they were going to be doing animated Star, Star Trek projects, I'm like, good, because then more voice actors would be part of that franchise. Right, exactly. Like, and it's canon, so you can't say it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't checked out Below Decks yet, but I so want to. It looks so funny and good. No, Lower Decks is pretty good. Um, Lower Decks. Lower yeah. Decks. And I mentioned that because, you know, Fred Tatashore is on that show, and I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, seeing his name in the opening credits in that Star Trek font, fuck yes. <laughs> exactly. Anytime you see Fred Tatashore's name, period, it's just like, fuck yes, you know? I've met him at a con back in 2018. Oh. He was a, He's the sweetest human being you will ever meet. He seems like a lovely man. Yeah. Very humble. Like, very rarely do you hear stories about people in the voiceover world not being humble and nice. But he's like, he's like the sweetest human being you will ever talk to. And I got nothing bad to say about him. That's really cool. I watched a uh, an interview with him where he said, jokingly he screamed his way into hollywood because he could do these screams and it didn't really affect him um and so in some way spiritually i'm like i'm screaming my way into hollywood right now <laughs> i'll just keep screaming <laughs> hey you never know you never know you might get the hulk at some point so you never oh, know awesome <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a guy who can do efforts and it doesn't affect him, you know, cast him as the Hulk. That's yeah. a very demanding role. <laughs> Hell yeah. You listening, Disney? Slash Marvel? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's it's a no-brainer <laughs> at this point. Like, you know, just, just anything. Just like someone who, you know, efforts doesn't bother them. Like, those are like unicorns and you just want them for everything really that's what i that's what i'm freaking hoping for man <laughs> that's the hope i mean you you must know that you know you're in high demand when they start asking uh for you by name right yes i mean that is like the coolest so <laughs> You know, some companies I'm already sort of have you know building that kind of relationship, and, and again, going back to me talking about like, dude, I'm just the luckiest guy in the world. Like, I don't mean that in in even just the booking aspect of it, but I mean like to have the biology that I have to do what I do and do it well. The bio, just the biology to be born with that, and to be born with you know enough smarts, enough strategy, enough, you know, charisma to, to talk to people and enough all of that and working and, and the drive to work to become better and strive to be better at all of those things as I'm 
moving through like that is just luck man i was born with so many great traits for this business that uh you know i've had i've had so much luck it's incredible and i'm so grateful and and so just like how the fuck does this does this even happen and and work up and become what it's become but it it has and you know and to actually be good at what I love to do is just so nice. Now, it's not like I was great at the beginning, but I worked hard for it and to get to be able to reach a point where I where where people consider me good and like my work, like I'm just one of the luckiest fucking people alive, man, to be doing what I do. I I just feel that. And so yeah. <sighs> period i guess i mean if you throw enough shit at the wall some something might stick at some point (laughs) that's the story of my life brother i just kept throwing shit at the wall tried improv tried stand up tried on camera acting did a little bit of theater stuff and just i knew like i wanted ultimately to to perform um, and then to be able to perform and come back to the childhood dreams of, of what I wanted and to realize that there was an there was an in and a door and a path towards voice acting as a career like uh, yeah I, man it, it just all came together and just all that shit that I threw at the wall over the years finally just stuck and um, before we get going where can people find you online and can you give us an update on what you're currently working on? Yo, you can find me everywhere at Brent Mukai, B-R-E-N-T-M-U-K-A-I. Um, yeah, I'm available. I'm, I'm here. I don't know why I said I'm available. That's a weird thing to say. Isn't that? <laughs> I'm available. I'm just sitting around doing nothing. So just call me up and, and <laughs> ask me to go out to lunch. No, nothing like that. But like, I'm here and I'm accessible at Brent Mukai across all social media platforms. <laughs> all right. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Dude, this felt like literally like 10 minutes. I can't believe an hour's passed. Like, I, I'm in <laughs> awe that we're done already. I'm like, oh, shit, we were just getting started. Um, I mean, I could go an extra, another hour, but I got to get, I got to be somewhere. So, yeah, please. I don't want to ruin your day <laughs> chatting with me. But, um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to uh, uh, to chat for a little bit, man, and uh and and for listening to me ramble i guess and thank you everybody who's listening to this and uh yeah i hope the rest of your day is fucking awesome all right take care bye-bye you too